Hey guys, welcome to the Dads Group Podcast. My name is Blair and on this podcast, we aim to build up dads to better support our family. In today's interview, I get the chance to chat with Dads Group leader, Andrew Marmont. But honestly, guys, like I try so hard and I do not do well doing these intros without reading. So I'm going to be reading. That's what I'm going to be sounding like I'm reading. Uh, forgiveness is key for this. Anyway, here we go. In today's interview, I chat with Andrew, Dad's group leader, still can't even read, Andrew Marmont, who is part of the Dads of East Melbourne group in Melbourne. Andrew is an influential business coach and mentor, and there have been many dads that have been built up and supported through Andrew's involvement with Dad's group. Today, Andrew shares with us how he navigates the ups and downs that have come with fatherhood. I genuinely hope you guys get built up by this episode the way that I have. Uh, it's just such a fantastic episode, fantastic chat. Andrew is an absolute legend. Enjoy, guys. Andrew, how are you going, mate? I'm really well, thanks, Blair. How are you? I'm good, dude. I'm good. I'm really pumped for this uh, interview, mate. As I said to you earlier, like I know little snippets of your story, but I haven't heard the full picture. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today, which I'm extremely excited about. But before we do get started, you know, the, the good old classic, how are you at a 10, mate? I'm 10. It's, 10? Uh, uh, I've really started to embrace gratitude as a, yep. a bit of a daily sort of practice because there's so much to be grateful for. So for me, uh, you know, there's so many things to be grateful for. So um, great weather as well. We're getting some good yeah. weather here in Melbourne. So um, yeah, I'm a 10. Oh, that's perfect, man. So how do you talk, talking about trying to um, embrace gratitude? Um, so you're a 10 today. How do you maintain that? Like, what does that actually look like embracing gratitude? I think, first of all, it's, uh, I got some advice from uh, one of my mentors, Sam mm. Cawthorne recently, and he said he, he starts the day and ends the day with a sort of verbal gratitude practice so it's almost like you start the day and say hey you know I'm really grateful for this and this and I'm healthy and my family's healthy etc and I get a chance to do this and it kind of just sets the tone for the day and then at the end you also sort of finish with with that so yeah. um, some people like to keep gratitude journals I did that for quite a while but I feel like I've, since I've started doing the verbal gratitude then you, then you get a chance to to reflect uh, and for me the reflection is really important because there's so much that might go on in a day, in a week, in a month, just having these little little sort of moments. Uh, and one, one great thing too, on Father's Day, uh, my wife gave me a, a book and it, it said one memory a day. Oh, that's cool. And she was doing that. Uh, my auntie gave her a book that had this book and it basically you write down sort of a line per day and it's sort of five years. And so... Um, my wife did that for me. So now each each night I'm like, okay, this is what's happened or, hey, look, you're doing this now. So just little things like that allow you just to kind of be a bit present and, and it helps you remember the stuff and it Absolutely. can be good stuff. It can be trying stuff, but it just keeps you, it keeps you pretty focused, which, which I love. Man, straight off the bat, you, you know, we're going straight deep and I love that dude because you know, I love chatting with you, Andrew, and I love seeing your stuff because you you have quite a presence on LinkedIn with your business and just trying to coach people through business to business sales and things. Um, but I love it. You, you're very like, 
intentional. You're very thoughtful. And I just know this is going to be a great chat because of, of that, what you, what you bring, you know, for yourself and the reflections that you have, which is really, really great. So, but I do want to ask another question just so we can get to know you as a person, mate. What's your, oh, that's right. I was going to say this. I got this question from you. I don't think, I don't know if you know this or not. I saw, so um, Andrew's a, a dad's group leader for dads of Melbourne, uh, East Melbourne. And um, you put it on when, because when people join the group, you have your welcome message. And mine used to always be, hey, welcome the guys to the group, right? That was pretty much it, your standard thing. But I saw when you would invite people to the group, you just ask these solid questions. And again, this is just why I'm so keen for this interview, because you just do that really, really well. Um, but you just ask the question simply, what is your dad's stats? Like, what does your family look like? And I've copied that and I've put that across all the different, um, you know, dad's group, Facebook groups that I, I manage now, because it's just such a cool question. I love it. What's your dad's stats? So we bring that out a lot now is how are you out of 10? Because it's so simple just to ask that question. You know, if you say, how are you going? Well, good. Thanks. You know, and that's as far as I can go. But if you say, how are you out of 10? Someone says a four you don't have to go any deeper, you know, they're struggling and it helps like to take their, um, their conversation. And then what are your dad's stats, man? I just love it. So good. So Andrew question right back at you, mate. How, what are your dad's yes. stats? Yes. So I have uh, an 18 month year old boy and uh, yeah. been married to my wife for sort of 12 years now. So I'll be together 12 years. So, so you, you know, you've been in the gig for a little while now. What was that journey like for you from the very beginning? You're becoming a dad. What was that like for you? Mm. Well, I remember that the first moment that I that I knew that I was going to become a, a dad, I was, I was at my desk and I just had a chat with uh, a couple of my team members. Uh, I've got, I had a small team that I was working with and they were talking about leaving because I, I wasn't sort of having, I wasn't giving them enough work. So I had this like yeah. mini kind of crisis I was sort of dealing with. And then I got this WhatsApp message light up from my wife, literally a couple of hours later. And it said, I'm definitely pregnant. Wow. <laughs> I just went, what Throw is that in the mix? What? What? You know, these, <laughs> these, these big emotions. And so I remember I had the separate kind of function of, of putting your soon to be parent hat on. Um, you still got to got, you've got this business hat on that you've got to sort of, manage but also you've got to have a chance for you to to get switched on so for me it kind of started there and then I, as the you know when the the baby came and and for me it was I guess I decided pretty early on that I was going to be as hands-on as possible mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that was sort of a reflection of of you know growing up as well and and, and having a a family that uh, you know, I grew up mainly with my mom. My dad was mm -hmm. still kind of in the picture. Uh, but mostly it was about the fact that it was a bit unexpected to yeah. be a dad. You know, my, yep. like, as I said at the start, my wife and I had been together for quite a while. And uh, so we had a you know, pretty solid relationship. So we, we, we'd, we'd done quite a few things, shared a few, you know, quite a few things along the way, life journey. So for us, it was almost like the cherry on top, so to speak. Mm. We, we had this great life and all of a sudden we, we have this, this boy that comes along. So I wanted to be as hands-on and, and straight in there as possible and, and really sort of embrace it for what it was. So that's really where it started for me is, is uh, sort of what, seven months before 
the event was going to happen. Yeah. Kind of gearing myself up mentally to uh, to figure out what I actually how I wanted to embrace it. And I mm-hmm. knew straight away it was about let's let's just go all in. You know, let's let's get in the learn how to do the bathing straight away. Let's do how to do yeah. the nappy change straight away. And I uh, definitely think that served me well. Absolutely. So, so you, you guys weren't planning a baby. Well, maybe sort of a few years ago, we, we talked about it and we thought, look, if, if it happens, great. So we actually went and, 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 you know, we tried and, and it didn't happen. And I think we were both kind of content to the fact that if it didn't happen, we would adopt old dogs, which is yeah. what happened. We, we had this, uh, this nine-year-old rescue dog and he was, he was a beautiful dog. And yeah. uh, so we, we had him and it was, it was, yeah, it really just sort of came along and, and surprised us both. Uh, but it's funny when you, when you, when you sort of become a dad and then you look at your old life versus your life now. And I remember talking to my wife pretty recently and, and she said that she kind of like, she can't imagine what life was like before because there's this sort of indescribable joy and emotion when you do become a parent and it's yeah. hard to explain to other people until they go through that process. You, you know, yourself, Blair, you've got a big family, so you can appreciate mm-hmm. that. And obviously if you're listening in too. So I think it's just, it's just embracing life for what it is right now and, and, and finding the, everything that associates with that, all the emotions associated with being a, being a parent. Absolutely. I completely relate to that. I have friends that were like, you know, I have some friends that aren't interested in having kids and they're yeah. like, I don't know how you can do it. You know, we've got four kids and they're like, I don't know how you can do that. And in my head, I'm like, I don't know, don't really remember life with, without them. Do you know what I mean? I can't mm-hmm. imagine what life, because they're so, such a big part of our lives now in a great way, in a challenging way for sure but in a, an amazing way. And so it's like, oh man, I can't imagine, I, I can't understand where people don't want kids because my kids are so integral to our lives now. Um, so I completely relate to that. That So yeah, man. So you've been trying, you've adopted a dog, uh, which is, you know, the next step, for, you know, for a lot of people. For sure. Um, yes. You adopted a dog. You're, you're now expecting your firstborn. Um, yeah you're running a business, you've got people that you're, you know, that juggle of like, you know, are you going to let them down? Cause you can't give them enough work. Mm. That's a lot to take on dude. So again, I know you're quite an intentional guy. You have a lot of systems and processes in place. What were those adjustments that you had to make when, when Bub came along and what did that practically look yeah. like? How did you address those things? Yeah. So, well, I, a lot of it for me was, I think the first thing was was letting go, you know, letting go of this idea that you had to be 110% the dad, the partner, the business owner, the sales guy, the manager, all these yeah. things that, that are, all the hats that we often wear, it could be in a career or what have you as well. So the first thing was actually letting go. And I think it was about six months in and I, I remember, uh, I started to have these nightmares <clears throat> and wow. these nightmares were all about like the baby, like rolling off the bed. Wow. And it was, and I kept getting them and I, I kept getting them and I kept getting them and I thought, this is what's going on here. So I actually went and, and spoke to a psychologist and I said, Hey, like 
why, you know, what's happening? I know that they're, they're not real, but they actually physically wake me up at night. Mm. So, so obviously something was not quite right there. Uh, you know, I had this, I guess the stress of, of, of having, you know, people reporting to me, like they're relying on me. Um, I was still trying to do that. I was, I was still trying to be this, 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 this power packed dad. I was trying to, Trill's trying to be there for my partner. So I almost like I had a, a, a sense of a realization that it's actually not manageable for me to, to try and do it all. It's almost like I have this achiever gene. And I'm sure, you know, if you're listening, you might also have that as well. Like you, you want to kind of do everything at a, at a, at the, the sort of the high end. So I just decided to let go and say, Hey, uh, so I can't do it all as you know, it's just not possible. So yeah. I decided to prioritize and went, um, what's, what's important right now. Mm-hmm. And maybe the aspiration to build this huge business, uh, with all these sort of revenues that needs, that, that needs to take a bit of a step back because we, we need to focus on family. So mm. that became my like my north star when mm. I just when I made a decision, what was the priority, and where was I going to be able to uh, make the most impact? And it, it took a long time for me to kind of accept that and take off that striving hat and put on this family hat uh, because um, I think as men we we have this ingrained sort of sense of like work is 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 big and and family is big but you can't go 110% work because family's going to be left behind so how do you juggle like what's your personal approach to that so mm. that was what i that was what i sort of grappled with for quite a bit so what did you how did you go about that work life balance because again that's probably one of the biggest topics that we hear um through dad's group is you know that's one of the biggest challenges is that work life balance so so i know you're in a unique situation well not unique but you you know you, your situation is unique to you um so what have you done to balance that and how would you encourage other dads who don't have your opportunity to balance work life as well so I think so. How I how I balanced that was after getting some advice from from Jillian, who I was talking to. Uh, you know, she the main thing that she talked about uh, from internally was was just communicating communicating to my wife, um, mm-hmm. having a great dialogue. Like that was really big. Mm-hmm. To if there was if there was a struggle, if it was uh, you know feeling a certain way often the other person had that same struggle or they were, they were also going through a similar sort of journey and it can be really Absolutely. intense. Um, so that's, that was the first thing that I did was, was be a better communicator, like actually talk about what was going on and, and, uh, and, and really that that's when they say you become even more of a team. Well, it's definitely the case. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's not just the physical looking after your child, but it's actually, uh, it's actually processing how you're dealing with things and then talking to your, your partner about it and saying, Hey, this is what I'm feeling. I thought I'd let you know. And there's some amazing connection that, that goes even deeper when you start to have those conversations. So I think for me, I prioritized communication. Like that was almost like my number one sort of way of, mm. of going through that in terms of from a, you know, work life perspective, I guess the, uh, 
I, well, when I was going back to work, I, I, I had a sort of couple of weeks completely off where I said to my, my team, can you, can you look after things? And it, I guess it was manageable in a way that I, I didn't have to be there. It was, you know, my business. So I didn't have to be there the whole time, but I could sort of devote chunks of time where I would just focus. I'd like to sort of half day, and I, but I'd get up early and I'd, I'd get things done. Just depended on on also the what the baby's sleep patterns were going through as well. Yeah. Sometimes you, you aspire to do things and it doesn't work, and you've just got to let go, as, as we sort of talked about. So for me, it was it, it was about. It, it was actually about being intentional about what I could achieve in a certain day and, and just sort of block out that time. And if not, then, you know, write, write a goal like each day, I just want to do this uh, and, and just try and get it done. So for me, it was, it was at least the aspiration to have a bit of a, a balance, but I think you've, you've also got a, there's a lot of guilt Mm-hmm. You know, there was a guilt for if I'm at work, then I should be at home. If I'm at work, then I should be doing. Uh, sorry, if I'm at home, I should be doing at work. So I think being e- like treating it, being easy on yourself, like giving yourself the gift of kindness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I still, it took me a long time to to think about that and actually say, you know what, it's you do it. You are doing a great job, and and yep. and I think it can be really helpful when we're doing our journaling or when we're actually reflecting is to say hey you know you are doing a good job look look at all the stuff that you're doing and 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 you're aspiring to be a better parent and you know better in whatever you decide to do so I think it's just having that moment to uh, to not try and do it all and and, and just have balance where you can where mm-hmm. you can is probably the key phrase there mm-hmm. absolutely now you've cut uh, you've touched on a couple of things there uh, one with your wife, but also with your team, your work crew, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And that's on communication. You know, communication was like the thing that you focused on on the most. Now, there's communication and then there's good communication. Do you know what I mean? Like we can easily just, no, I've told you that. I've told you my struggles. And it becomes like for our partners, it can become more of a burden than a help, than an openness and a teamwork. We put it on to our partners or even onto our teammates, we don't communicate clearly enough on what needs to be done or or whatever else, or or even where you're at, you know? And I think sometimes we feel we can't communicate because we don't want to be that burden. So we bottle up or we, we don't really, we communicate, but it's sort of in a way that's more of a baggage. So Mm -hmm. with you and your communication, that's been, like you said, a, a key focus for you. How have you learned to communicate well with your partner first mm-hmm. and foremost, and then with the rest of your team? So I think for me, it started off by acknowledging the weakness and the weakness mm-hmm. for me was what you just said there, Blair, it was internalizing things and not actually sharing or like verbalizing if things weren't going well or, or even if it was just to get a message across or um, so I worked on how do I do that better? How do I, rather than stewing on something for five days, how do I get quicker at, at basically just saying, look, this is how I'm feeling without, without kind of a, without the feeling of 
of being judged or what have you. Just say, look, this is this is how I'm feeling, or you know, when when you do that, I feel this. And they mm. say that in in like assertiveness training. Uh, there's different books out there, uh, and I think that it's just being comfortable to share the feeling and letting the other person acknowledge what that feeling is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in some ways it's, it's, it's toughest doing it with the people closest to you because there's more at stake. Yeah. Whereas when I was at work, they were still tough, tough conversations. And again, they didn't flow naturally. It's something that I had to continue to work on and still mm-hmm. a work in, in progress. But for me, it was just the idea of, of going through those reps. It's like going to the gym. You've got to do the reps to get the results. And it's so when you're practicing a skill like communication, you've, you've, the only way to do it is to, is to just, is to practice. Yeah. So I, I guess my, my encouragement is to, when it's, when it comes to communicating, take a moment to actually acknowledge how you communicate. So where, where you, what's most natural to you are you someone that internalizes things and then brings it up later or are you someone that can say things straight away and mm. like to that point uh yeah understand where, where you fit and then you can develop depending on the other person yeah absolutely and something i find extremely helpful especially with my wife is that helping her to know that that's what i'm working on you know, like to identify, like, so for me, a big strength is I speak too quickly and I don't think about the way that I've said something or how Mm. it's going to affect the other person. So, you know, with Amy, my wife, I'll, you know, we've communicated, look, that's something that I want to work on is how I communicate, which helps her Mm. not to be as offended when I, when I say something, you know, bluntly or Mm. something else and it helps her work through that. So again, like you said, I love what you said is it's really about growing in teamwork, you know, that's in work and that is at the home as well. So that open communication of what you are working on is extremely important Mm. because you need to know the weaknesses of every team member and the strengths. Mm. So you can actually rely on those things. Sometimes we look at, we say the word teamwork, this becomes another phrase that we use and like, oh yeah, we've got to discuss things, but actually no, like teamwork is you guys working together um, to address those things that you want to work on or need to work on. Yeah, exactly. And, and a, a real helpful exercise for me was to revisit the, a book called the five love languages. Oh man, that's massive. I love that book. Love it. Sorry. Keep going. Yeah. I had to say that. It's, it's, and if you haven't, if you haven't come across it, I mean, it's essentially you determine how you, how you receive love based on different scenarios. So quality of time and um, acts of service, or maybe it's words of affirmation or um, there's, you know, gifts, there's things like that. So doing that exercise with your partner, it's a great book, by the way, you know, if you haven't picked it up and there's an exercise at the end and, you, it doesn't take very long, but once you do it, 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 I guess it gives you a chance to sort of think, you know what, I keep giving gifts to my partner and she doesn't seem to like them. Mm. So uh, how, like, why is that? And it's interesting. We, we did the, we, I think we did that, the, the love language test probably five years ago. And I think mine 
was pretty similar. I think it was acts of service and quality time. Maybe it was quality time at the start. I can't remember. But when I did it this time, uh, there's I think the fifth one is 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 touch, mm-hmm. and that was at the top. And I was yeah. I was very surprised. I I didn't think that was the case. Um, whereas my wife's was was the same throughout. So again again it just there's just another vehicle to allow you to communicate better is to actually assess. It's like are we speaking a different language or am I speaking the language that's gonna not be confusing to my partner because I might think I'm I'm speaking English but she actually understands German so why yeah. what so what's going on there so there's little things like that that can really help particularly when there's a real intense time like the first year of, of being a parent can be really intense um, in, in a lot of different ways I, I found so mm. it's like um, there's this, there's a great piece of advice that someone gave to me. This is probably six months before my boy came along, and it was never never forget who you loved first. Mm-hmm. So never, even though you've got this new responsibility, this new child has come into the world, protect that relationship. You know, have that at the core because that's been there for the longest in mm-hmm. this new dynamic. So yeah. always, always, yeah, never forget who you love first. So that's something that really helped me. It's always been in the forefront for me, for sure. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and again, going back to five love languages, it's not a book that you can do once. Do you know what I mean? Like, so it's mm-hmm. a very practical book just for, for people to know. It's a very practical book. That's why I like it. It's like asking questions. It's getting down to this is what it actually looks like. It's not, you know, you don't have to read between the lines. It's quite clear. But what Amy and I have realized is that when you redo it, what it's shown for us is it shows us where we're lacking now. Do you know yes. what I mean? Like, so, so I'm acts of service. So Amy will go all out on acts of service for me. She knows she'll, she'll serve me in a, in a beautiful Amazing. way, not in a slaving way, you know, um, she'll, she'll just really go in that space. I'm like, Oh, great. And my cup gets filled in that area. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. but she's neglected word of, words of, uh, words of affirmation um, and then when we do it again it, not that she's bad at it it's just that continual intentionality in the growth mm. of our teamwork and our partnership you you're in a team you know be a team and grow with a team and um, revisit things um, yeah and I love uh, I'm just hearing that a lot of out of just getting to know you more Andrew is just how intentional you are with those things it's really encouraging and i love that and you've just prompted me to go back and get check that that book again there's so many things out there online like you can look up questions you know for conversation starters all this sort of stuff we did and amy and i are completely opposite people completely in um through the different personality tests we've done through the questions we're completely different and that's become our biggest strength you know, um, because we've learned to work together, uh, which is really, really amazing. Well, we're learning, amazing. we're always learning, always getting better. I love that. I love that, mate. So like I said, you've, you know, extremely intentional guy. You've been intentional working through your journey as a dad, as a partner, a husband, boss, you know, business owner, very, very intentional. So you've got a lot of life lessons through these 18 months of having your baby, preparation for having a baby. If you could go back in time, and we love asking this question, if you could go back in time, visit yourself at the hospital, your firstborn's about to be born, um, what would you say to yourself? Um, 
good question. I think I'd say to myself that it'll all be fine. And uh, I think that's the first thing is, mm-hmm. is that, that sense of, of, of optimism, but also like enjoy the journey. So yeah. the journey is, is, is never going to be in a straight line. I like with mm-hmm. a lot of things in life, but it's just because they grow up so quickly. <laughs> you, it, it's, uh, I think the greatest gift that you can have for yourself is to, is to, to be really present. And you, know, you might look back and sort of six months later and think, wow, look, look how quickly they've grown and wow, they're talking now and they're running around. And so even though it's really intense in that particular moment, uh, there's, there's, there's some amazing things that you can, you can grab once you're in there. So mm. enjoy, yeah, enjoy the journey and it's all going to be fine. And probably those, probably those two things. I mean, I, th- I feel like I'm a fairly optimistic kind of guy, but it, when you're not, you, you can't do, there's no manual or there's no training book for being a parent. So you, you're all learning together. And I think if you can kind of embrace that unknown and just go in with a bit more of a, I wouldn't say casual attitude to it, but, but more of a, uh, just embrace the things that come along. That's probably Absolutely. gonna probably gonna help. Oh man, that's amazing. Uh, I just love this dude. I could just chat with you for hours over this stuff. I love it, mate. Um, but Andrew, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast, mate. Thank you so much for your time, uh, mate. All the best. Have a good day. I'll chat to you soon. Thanks, Blair. And we also want to thank our listener for tuning in today. If you haven't already, go check out our website at www.dadgroup.org. In this space, we've got some awesome resources for support for families, new and expecting families. Uh, There's a lot of mental health support there by some amazing organizations. On this website as well, you can also support Dad's Group through purchasing our merchandise or a solid donation would be amazing and help us impact the lives and and, uh, of, of new and expecting families all around Australia. But thank you guys so much for tuning in and we'll catch you next week. Cheers, guys. Thank you.